Reformed Church. You know, there is, there is so much, you know, I, I wanted to start from Romans chapter 6, and there's a lot there. There's some things that uh, in Romans chapter, chapter 6, just like every part of Scripture that you, you know, you have a real good handle on, you really understand by the Lord, and other things that we're still growing in. But we want to share with you, though, the things that we do know this morning. And uh, I think in order to be able to kind of put an emphasis on this um, what we're going to be talking about. We want to share with you a little bit from our website. So there is, uh, on our website, there's a glossary, right, like we've talked about. Um, actually, if you go to Reform U, in even the Reform U category, you'll see glossary, and you can click on that. And there is a word there, uh, dead, right? And it's either, it's actually both that we actually want to look at, but it's alive and dead, right? And if you look at that, uh, actually, yeah, you just go to Reform U right now, and then right there is glossary. Right? And if you come down, the, one of the first words you see is alive or living, right? And then it says that you can see dead, right? Because you can imagine, right, that dead and alive are kind of opposites, right? So the one thing that I want you to see is the definition of dead is inactive, all right? Alive would mean, therefore, active. So dead is inactive. Uh, putting something to death then would be rendering it inactive. Giving life to something then would be empowering it to activity. So think of it this way, right? When someone, when something is dead, it is at rest. It's inactive. It doesn't mean that, um, it doesn't even mean that it ceased to exist. It means that if something is dead, it's been made inactive. And if something is alive, that means it has activity, right? So those are really both very important. I mean, you can definitely read. There's more examples in there, things that give you more context. Uh, the, the, you know, the message this morning is not to teach you just those two words and to give you all that context, right? You can do that on your own. It's, it's a, uh, I think probably maybe four or five different references are given there, but it's just good to just to get that initial understanding up front, right? If dead is referring to inactivity and life is referring to activity, right? Um, so with that, let, let's go to Romans chapter 6, right? Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> Romans chapter 6 and verse, um, we can actually start from verse number 1. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 1, right? It says, what shall we say then? Uh, shall we continue in sin? It says that grace, uh, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we, now watch what he says, right? How shall we that are dead to sin, right? Now we just said that the word dead means inactive, right? Inactivity. How, uh, how shall we that are dead to sin, right? In other words, inactive to sin, and, we, and we'll explain that a little bit more, live any longer in it? How, that, how, how can we that have been given inactivity to sin be then active in sin? Right? If you've been given inactivity to sin, how could then you, your life consist of the activity in sin when, you, when you've been given inactivity to it? Right? So that speaks to a reality, a truth that Christians live in, right? that we have been given inactivity to sin and we have given, been given uh, life or activity by the Spirit of God. And we'll talk about that in a second. Verse number three says, uh, know you not or don't you know? That so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Verse number four says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. So that all that we really have to see 
and understand from that just for this morning is that we have been given uh, by baptism, which that is referring to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's not talking about the day that you were baptized in water, right? That's talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And when you were baptized, the day that you were baptized by the Spirit of God, you were given death or meaning inactivity. It says, don't you know, don't you know that so many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Verse number four says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. So by, so, so think of it this way. Before we were saved, before we received the spirit of God, we were, and I'll use this word and then we'll clarify it a little bit later, right? We were, we were slaves to sin slave to sin in other words we had there was no escaping there was no escaping what the bible calls like the body of death the the craving cravings of the flesh the the things that that the 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 thoughts that came into your mind was almost like you know what if i had a thought i have to do it right it was just it was a an obligation to the things that you sense and the things that you feel, right? The, 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 the cravings that you have, the things that you want to do, you just had to do them, right? Um, and and even, even if there was a time where there were certain things that you didn't want to do, you ended up doing them anyway, right? Even though there was, you know, you were against doing certain kind of things and you figured, you know, how in the world if I'm against this thing in my mind, how do I end up doing it anyway, right? That's what, that's what life was like before salvation, right? It doesn't mean that after you're saved, you don't feel and sense certain things, right? I'm not trying to say, oh, if you sense those things now, then you're not saved. I'm just saying that there was a time that when you sense things from your flesh, when you had desires or passions, the Bible calls it, of the flesh, right? You, you were obligated to these things. You were a slave to those things, right? Um, it says, therefore, verse number four, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. So we received inactivity, right? And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more about that inactivity. But we received inactivity when we received the spirit of God. So there was a time when we had, we had activity to sin, right? And that was, that was obvious by the way you lived, right? You, that was what you did all the time, right? It was just things that were wrong, things that were contrary to the Lord, right? That's how we lived and that's how we thought. The Lord says in Romans chapter 3 that there were none that were good. No, not even one, right? All were, all, there were none that were good. All had gone their own way in their way of, in our way of thinking and in our way of doing, right? We had gone opposite to the Lord. No one was seeking him, right? No one was wanting the Lord, um, but then something happened, right? It says in verse number four that when we received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which means that when you receive the Spirit of God in you, another way of saying that you might have read or heard the glory of God, when you receive the glory of God, right? The glory of God is the Spirit of God, right? There's no, there's no, the, the, those aren't two separate and apart things, like the glory of God and the Spirit of God. If you have the Spirit of God, then you have been glorified. You have the glory of God, you have the Spirit of God. Um, so it says that we, um, we were buried with him uh, by baptism into death. And, and here's what's important too. It says that like or just as, right, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, he was raised up from inactivity, right? Jesus died on the cross. That means that he was inactive, right? It says that he was raised up or given life, you can say raised up is to give life, right? To give life again, right? To be raised up or risen up from inactivity. So if you're raised up from inactivity, that means you're given activity, right? You're raised up from inactivity to activity. 
How? By the glory of the Father. So Jesus, Jesus was raised up from inactivity to activity by the glory of the Father, right? And we just got done saying the glory of the Father is the Spirit of God, right? So it says that just like Christ was given activity from inactivity, so also we, right, that were dead, and, and the, I won't get into that because there's a couple of different inactivities, right? There's an inactivity that we had to righteousness or to God, right? We were inactive. To, we, we had no activity towards righteousness when we didn't know the Lord, right? And we were also inactive in our sins, right? We were also dead in our sins. So there's different types of deadness that it can talk about and then there's also an inactivity that the spirit of god gives you right so so there's a lot of inactivity that we're talking about but we want to major on this morning is it says that that just like christ was raised from inactivity to activity so also we right just just like as christ it says um was raised up from the dead, from inactivity by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Newness of life, that means your new activity. So in other words, you've been given this new activity, and new activity meaning a new way to walk, a new way to live, a new way to function, a new way uh, uh, from where your speaking can come from, from where your thinking can come from, from where your moving can come from, right? In other words, the way you can live now is not just by whatever your body wants or whatever a car your carnal thinking desires, right? It's th this newness of activity that you have received he says, just, he says look, look at the way Christ received activity from inactivity. He received it by the Spirit of God. So he was raised up from inactivity, from the grave, right? He was raised up from inactivity, or he was given life from inactivity by what? By the glory of God. It, it, I'll just go there and show you a quick, quick, quick verse, just a few chapters over. In Romans chapter 8 and verse number 11, it says, but if the spirit of him, if the spirit of God that raised up or, or right, raised up from what? From inactivity. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, from inactivity dwells in you. Right. And, and so notice what it says. If the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead in, in our verse that we were just reading, it says that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father. Here it says. Right. But if the spirit of him not the glory it says but the spirit of him that raised up jesus from the dead dwells in you right so you see that spirit and glory right are speaking about the same thing so there he says if that spirit dwells in you then he that raised up christ from the dead from inactivity shall also quicken or give life or revive right quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. So he's just reemphasizing again, you, you can receive to this mortal body, you can receive life or activity, right? That is, that is not coming from, from, coming from you, but coming from the spirit of God that lives in you, right? So, so if we go back again to Romans chapter six, we, we, we may have not left there, but in, in verse number four, let's read it again. It says, therefore we're buried with him by baptism into death, Right? So when we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit or we were baptized with the Spirit of God or we received the Spirit of God, we were given an inactivity, right? 
so that as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of this new activity that we, we've been given. We should walk in that. In other words, so today we have the power, right, to not walk and live like the rest of the world lives and walks, right? But we have the power to be able to live and walk according to this newness of activity. So that means that all my activity in this, in this world that I'm in right now all of this activity can come today from the life of God that is in me. All of my life now is in Christ. So Galatians 2.20 says, it's no longer I that live, it's no longer I that am active, but it's Christ that lives in me, right? It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So Christ that is active in me. So when we talk about living by the power of God or living in this newness of life is that we, we were given new activity. We were given new life, right? You, it, there's even churches that even call themselves like new life church, right? right? I'm not, I don't know what they teach there, but it would be good if they taught the, the new activity that we have been given by the Spirit of God. It, that's the newness of life. That's the gift that you've been given, right? So, so it, it, it is just, just as... Christ has it today. So Christ, right, he was dead, and he received, right, he, re, he was raised up from the dead by the glory of God, raised up from the dead by the Spirit of God, and he lives today, right, he lives today, and the activity that he has today, right, the life that he has today, the activity that he has today is by the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of the Son are one, right? They have the same Spirit, right? That means that they have the same activity, which is to say that they think the same, right? And they, they walk the same. They judge the same, right? They do the same things, right? You know, they have the same judgment, the same discernment. They agree in all these things, right? They have, they have the same life. They have the same activity, right? Now, with that in mind, if you look at verse number five, it says, for we, for if we, it says, have been planted together. That word planted there is united, Right? If we watch what he's saying, he he just pointed out that that we have been we have been given activity from the dead, just like Christ was given activity from the dead. And he says, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, but the word that I want you to really major on there is united, right? If we've been united together in the likeness of his death, and we already know that that was by receiving the spirit of God, right? When you receive the spirit of God, you are baptized into death, right? Here it says, for if we have been planted or united together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. So what he's saying there is, he's just reemphasizing the prior verse. He said, if you've been united together by the spirit, right? If you've been given death by the spirit, right? That is, that is the same death that he was given, right? Then, then or I should say that he, just like he was given life from the dead, so also you have been given life from the dead by that same spirit. So united together, just as the father and the son are united in the same spirit, so also we have received the same spirit. We have been united together by that same, by that same baptism, by that same spirit that has given us resurrection life, raised us up, from inactivity to activity. So he's just reemphasizing there the unity that we have with the spirit that is the fathers and the sons, right? So obviously we know and understand the reason why the spirit that the church talks about is called the Holy Spirit and the reason why the Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of Christ and the reason why that same spirit is called the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Father, right? 
right? It, he, it is the same spirit he's saying that you have. Our unity has come from that spirit, right? So we possess in us the same spirit that is the father's and the same spirit that is the son's. So that means that we also have the same life that they have, right? Because the life that we have is the life that we received or the activity that we received, right? When we, were, when we received that spirit, when we were baptized with the spirit of God, right? So, so when we received that spirit of God, that means that now we have that same judgment and we have that same discernment and we have that same, the same ability to be able to walk as God walks, the same way, the same, the same holiness that they have, the same set-apartness that God has from the things of this world is the same set-apartness, if we can just make up that word right now, right? The same set-apartness that we have. So you have that already. You're not, you're not trying to get more set-apart. We already have that holiness, right? And you're going to see that word holiness in a second, right? It, it, it's funny, like the, way, the more I'm talking, <laughs> Pastor Mike was sharing some stuff before service, and it's funny how the, the parallel there, like I see a lot of parallels in what he was sharing. But anyway, um, in, in verse number six, it says, knowing this, knowing this, and now, you know, I know that we said a few things there since we were last reading verse number five, but the point that he's making is you have received newness of activity, right? You, you were given inactivity by the Spirit of God, and at the same time, you were given activity by the Spirit of God, right? His activity, his thinking, his discernment, his judgment, right? And it says, it says knowing this then, that our old man is crucified with him. So the old man, meaning right, the one that we were talking about at the beginning of service, the old, the old man that was a slave to sin, a slave to carnal thinking, a slave to, 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 the, to, to the body of flesh, right? Which the body, Bible also calls the body of death, right? Um, it, it says, uh, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, crucified with him, meaning inactivity right if you're crucified you you're dead right you or so so that crucified with him is talking about that same likeness with his death crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed but a better translation than there is made i, I don't know how you say the word inutil in inutil i-n-u-t-i-l something right right um which all, which basically just means inactive the body it says the body of sin might be made inactive. So, so there is a cool inactivity that we have received where it doesn't have to be you trying to be better, right? In other words, let me put it to you like this. When, when it's just you trying to be better, that's just you using your body, right? Or you trying to force your mind to do something, right? When, when people, I mean, just think of it plainly, right? When people are trying to be good or be on their best behavior, they basically are trying to wrangle in their body or wrangle in their mind or I want to stop thinking about that and I want to think about this, right? It's pretty unsuccessful and it's, it's basically unfruitful in every way, right? And that does, there's, no, there's no longevity in that, right? You, you, can, you can not want to do something for the longest time and you inevitably will, will end up doing it, right? So it's not just about what you do want to or don't want to do, right? It's that, it's that right, the, the flesh kind of has a mind of its own, basically, the, the way people say, right? You, you, you will inevitably end up doing even what you don't want to do, you will end up doing, right? But he, here's the thing. It says um, that we have been given, we have been given uh, rest or inactivity from that body of sin. The body of sin might be destroyed, meaning the body of sin might be made inactive. So 
If the body of sin is made inactive, if the flesh is made inactive, that means that now there's a different type of living, there's a different type of activity. My activity as an individual, as a, as a Christian, doesn't have to come from, from the flesh. My activity can come from the Spirit of God in me. Right? So, it, it, again, it's no longer I that live. It's no longer I that have to attempt to be active or attempt to be good or attempt to try to be righteous or attempt to be a good father or a good brother or a good employee, right? But it is, it is Christ that lives in me. It's Christ that has the activity. So it's, a, it's an understanding that you get from growing in the knowledge of Jesus that, that your living can come right, from the power of God in you, right? You have been given in you as a gift, that is yours to keep, right? The, the activity that is just like the activity of God, just like the activity that Christ has, right? The same way of thinking, the same way of discerning, the same way of moving and doing that these things could be of God, of the Spirit, right? Just like there's no disagreement between the things that the Son does and the things that the Father does, so there doesn't have to be disagreement between our actions and the actions of Jesus, right? But that the way we would react and that the way we live is the way that He reacts and the way He lives because we have what in common? We have been, we have been united together, right, in the, same, in the same spirit, by the same spirit, right, for both the life and the death, right, the inactivity and the activity. So let's keep going there. Um, so verse number six says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, that we should not serve sin, that henceforth, in other words, going forward now, you know, that you don't have to serve sin. In other words, you don't have to be a slave to sin. Why? Because you don't, it's not you that has to try anymore to battle against sin, but you have been given the activity of God, right? God, God, he is not subject, right? The, the, the power of God in us that we live, our life is not subject to the craving of our body. Our, our, the life of God is separate and apart from the flesh, Right? The life of God has nothing to do with the, with the desires of a body or an unrenewed mind. God works in us completely uh, apart right, from our own carnal thoughts right? or our, our, own, the own, our own cravings of our body. Right? In other words, even if your body was hungry, right, Christ can sustain you by his power where you continue, you can continue to live on. Right? Moses Moses went for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus went for 40 days and 40 nights without eating, right? Obviously, that's not humanly possible, I don't believe, scientifically. That's not humanly possible, right? But God, God is God, right? The, the power that we live by, where we are of, right, has nothing to do with this world. Therefore, it doesn't, have, it doesn't live by its laws. It doesn't live, mean, not meaning that God wants us to be a lawbreaker, but it doesn't live by the, 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 the physical laws of this world, right? We, the Lord, the power of God on the inside of us is able to function separate and apart from what is normal and unique to this earth, right? Because what, the things that we have are of God. They're heavenly, right? They're not of this world, right? They're heavenly. So he says... Um, so that henceforth or going forward, it says, we, we should not serve sin or be a slave to sin, right? We have, we have, we have no, no obligation, right, to the things of this earth, to the things of this world, to the things that are of the body. But, but we have a spirit on the inside of us who has made us brand new, right? And, and the way we are, right, in other words, our reality that we presently live in today right here on this earth, right, is, is not subject 
to anything of this world. And, and that word subjection is a strong word, and it, it should be, right? To when, when you're subject to something, it's like I envision like kneeling before something. Like you, you have to pay homage to it. Like you have to give in to it. Whatever you want, yes, whatever you want, sir, right? That's not how we live according to the body or to the, to the desires that come from it or to the cravings of it, right? I mean, basically, a simple example, right? Some people feel, you know what, I, I just have this thing, like I have to overeat. And even if I'm full, I feel hungry, so I'm going to eat, right? But, but that's not the way we live, right? You could, be, you could be hungry for 40 days and you don't have to eat, right? Because the power that you live by, right? In other words, we have, we have been given an exit out of temptation every single time. We have been given an out, and that is the power of God, the spirit that we're of, the life of God that we have now. I don't have to try to not do something. I just have to acknowledge the life of God, the activity that I have in me, right? I don't have to try not to, right? Because trying not to is just living under the law, right? God says, do not commit adultery, so you try not to, right? That, that, that is a failing recipe, right? If, if the law says, do not commit adultery, right, your body is going to want to commit adultery, right? But, but that's not the way we work. That's not the, this newness of activity that we have. The new activity that, that Christians live by, right, this new activity is by the power of the Spirit of God in us, right, the glory of God that we have on the inside of us. Um, so let, let's go to um, 7, verse number 7. For he that is dead or he that has inactivity is freed from sin. Right? So if you've been given inactivity, you've been freed from sin. In other words, you're no longer bound to it. Right? You're no, you, the life that you live doesn't have this hardwired connection to your flesh anymore. All the opposite. Now, the, the body, this body, this flesh is the Lord. Is the Lord's, right? And the Lord is for also this body. So he, he can use it for whatever he wants to do it right in the middle of a temptation, Right in the middle of whatever you're thinking, right, or whatever you're doing, God can utilize your body for whatever he wants. What he does is not connected, right, to the cravings of the flesh, but instead he uses it for what he wants, right? He, uses, he, he can live in and through us. And, the, and, and even though you've heard me say several times that God can use it for whatever he wants, the thing is it is also for whatever I want, Right? Because my thinking, I have the, we have the ability on the inside of us, right, by the mind of Christ to be able to think and desire just as he thinks and desires. So our thinking and our desires are in agreement with his thinking, right? His thoughts are our thoughts and his ways are our ways, right? Isaiah says that, right, that your thoughts are not his thoughts and his, and your, his ways are not our ways, but that's for the unrighteous man, right? Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts, because his thoughts are not the Lord's thoughts, and his ways are not the Lord's ways. But we that are righteous, his thoughts are our, th our thoughts, and his ways are our ways. So you are able to do what you desire to do, which is to do righteousness, to, do, to, 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 to allow the Lord to do that which is right through you, right? You have that power on the inside of you to do that, right? So it says, um, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Verse number eight says, now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also, we shall also live with him. Again, we, we, the, the emphasis here is that he went from inactivity 
to activity, right? He was raised up from the dead, raised up from inactivity and given activity by the glory of God, by the spirit of God. We also then, just like him, we have been given death and we have been given activity by the same spirit of God. Verse number nine says, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, Christ being given activity from inactivity, dies no more. So, so the death of this world, it says death has no more dominion over him. Corruption has no more dominion over him. So, so death, inactivity, right? Inactivity to, to righteousness, right? Has no more dominion over him. In other words, the way that we used to live, that we were separate and apart from the power of God, we, we lived under a law of sin and of death, right? Today, that's not how we live. Today, we live by the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, right? The spirit, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So today then, that means that we, the, the way the, the government works, right, that we're, we're, where we're citizens of, the, the law that is at work in us is life, right? Life because of righteousness, and we'll go into that in a second. Life because of righteousness, uh, verse number 10 says, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he lives, he lives unto God. So, so, so Christ today lives, right, to be fruitful, right? The fruitfulness of the Lord Jesus, right, comes from the spirit that is in him, right? We also have the same spirit on the inside of us, and our fruitfulness is also, right, it glorifies the Lord. So, so in verse number Verse number 11, likewise, it says, just like Christ, he died to sin and he lives unto God. Likewise, consider or reckon you also yourselves to be dead unto sin, inactive to sin, but alive, active unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He, he explains this a little bit more um, in, in Romans chapter 7 and verse number 4. So I'm going to bring you there in a second, but let me read verse number 11 one more time. Likewise, it says, consider or reckon yourselves also to be dead indeed to sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I can consider myself to be inactive to sin and have activity towards God, right? right? And, and listen to what chapter 7, verse number 4 says. It says, wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. So I'm, I'm dead to the work of the law, right? I don't have to try to be good. I don't have to try to, to, to honor my father and mother. I don't have to try to keep the Ten Commandments, right? But it says, it says, you are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead. The married part we'll leave aside because you had to have read the previous verses to that. But the, the marriage obviously is to the Lord. It says, even to him who was raised from the dead, that you should bring forth fruit unto God, that you should bring forth fruitfulness unto God, right? So if you go back with that fruitfulness unto God, right? So you had, inact there was a time where we lived inactive, right? We had no, we had, there was nothing that we can do for God, no fruitfulness to the Lord, but actually it says, you know, in the coming verse, it says that actually what we did, we, the things that we did, the fruitfulness that we had actually was a, a shame to us today, right? The way that we lived, right? It wasn't something that you brag about today. So if you go back again then to, to verse number 11, 
of chapter 6. Likewise, consider yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we're, we are fruitful today, and, and we're getting to the meat of this, like how, how you continue in this, right? It's not just about saying to yourself, I have the life of God, but there is, there is a way that he's going to get to, like how you continue in this. But, but it suffices to say right now that, that right, we, um, it says we should consider ourselves as a reality of our present truth today, that we are dead to sin and alive unto God. We, we have fruitfulness towards the Lord always in your life, right? If you're saved and you have the Spirit of God, if the Spirit of God lives in you the way he was saying before in Romans chapter 8, then we can have fruitfulness unto God. Now watch this. It says um, in verse number 12, let not sin, therefore, so then it says, let not sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in, in the lust thereof. In other words, he's talking about that you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel like you're a slave to the body, like you're a slave to sin, because you are no longer. It doesn't matter the things that you do and how many times you do them. The reality, the present truth of who you are is that you're not a slave to your body or to sin, right? You're not a slave to these things. Um, what verse was that? Verse number 10, was it? No, 12. Okay, 12. He said, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Neither, look at verse number 13, neither yield. Now, we're going to come into something uh, definitely connected, but I think this is going to tie it all together, right? Because it's going to start talking about yielding. Now, at first when you hear that, don't yield your members. Your members is like your body, right? Don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. When you read that on the surface, you think, okay, God is saying, don't sin with your body. And, and when you read that word yield, it kind of gives you the impression, like what he's telling you is, you don't submit your body to sin. Like, you don't do it. It almost sounds like there's something that you have to do. And even though I will tell you, this is something that you will not do, right? You will not, you will not present your body to sin, right? So that kind of like sin can have its way with your body. But, but the way that it's going to be done is not by you trying to abstain your body. Like, like, like don't yield your body, meaning you hold it back. Like you have to rein it in, right? That's not the way it happens and that's not the way it works with us today. Um, right? The way the Spirit of God works in us is not that way. The, the, the fruitfulness that we were talking about, we said that we can have our fruitfulness unto God. We have been given death or the inactivity of our body. So that means we don't have to, this body doesn't have to work to be good, right? We don't have to, in our mind, in our, in our fleshly mind, in our carnal thinking, try to say, okay, yeah, I have to try to be good. I have to try to stop doing that, right? That doesn't have to be like the burden that you carry upon yourself is the responsibility of being a good, a good parent, the responsibility of being a good husband, the responsibility of doing all these things, right? Do not fall upon you anymore because you have been given inactivity and at the same time activity by the Spirit of God. So what God is saying, I'll do it, Right? By my power in you, I'll show you what living is. And I will, I will work those things through you. I will work through good parenting. I will work through right speaking. I will work through all of these things to you, through you, right? So he says, um, verse number 13 again, 
uh, neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, right? Or present yourselves unto God. Romans 12 talks about that too, right? Presenting yourselves uh, as a living sacrifice, right? And that's interesting, right? A living sacrifice is kind of like alive from the dead. A sacrifice is dead, right? Alive, a living sacrifice is alive from the dead, which is the exact same thing he's talking about here. That's in several chapters down in Romans 12. Um, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Watch that. Yield yourselves to God as those that are alive from the dead. Present yourself to God, in other words, with this knowledge that comes from knowing Jesus and what he's done for you, right? As, as, as you continue to behold the glory of the Lord, right? As you continue to see how the Lord lives apart from death, apart from sin, right? He, he, he was given activity by the Spirit of God. And the life that he now lives, seated at the right hand of the Father, he lives completely by the Spirit of God, right? The Spirit of the Lord doing his complete will in and through him, right? They're both united in purpose, united in the way that they think, united in the way that they live, right? It, it, we have been given that same spirit, right? That same spirit so we can know that just as he is, so are we in this world, right? So we don't have to live and think the old way, even though some of your thoughts match the thoughts you used to have, right? And some of the cravings that you have in your mind, they're similar to the ones you used to have today. But today, we don't live a slave to any of those things. Despite what you would think or feel, you have on the inside of you the ability to live by that newness of life, right? By that new activity that we've been given. So it says, uh, neither yield yourself members, uh, 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 your, your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, as those that have activity, have been given new activity, right, right from, from the inactivity that we were in, right? So we were given inactivity and have today, presently, inactivity for this body, but we've been given new activity. So he's saying, right, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Right? So consider yourselves right, to be as those that are alive from the dead and your members. So if you are alive from the dead or you are active right, from the dead, right, the activity that you have is of Christ, then also know that your members as well, your body, right, can be an instrument of righteousness unto God. In other words, that the Lord can bear fruit even through your body to the glory of God, right? That it could be the Lord living, using your body, which is the Lord, right? The Lord living, using your body as unto the Lord. Um, look real quick. Let me see if I can find this one for you very fast here. Uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians 6. I'm just going to read this to you quickly. Um, is it 1 Corinthians 6? Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. Listen to what it says. It says, um, it said, meat or food, right? Meat for the belly and the belly for meat. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body, speaking of this physical body, it says, is not for fornication, but for the Lord. He's saying the body, this body is for the Lord, right? It's not to do that which is contrary to what the Lord desires or wants, right? Um, contrary to the actions of God, contrary to how he lives, right? He says, but it's for the Lord, and the Lord, it says, is for the body. 
It says in verse 14, and God has both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power, right? So, so he's saying there that the Lord raised up Jesus by, the, by his glory and will also raise us up by that same glory, right? He, he, he gave Christ life by his spirit. He gave us life by his spirit, right? Works the same way. Uh, in, in going back again to Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, and look at verse number 14. For sin, for sin shall not have dominion over you, right? Sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because God now, right, the, the power of God in you now dominates this body, right? We're able now because our thinking, right, our, our renewed mind is in line with the thinking of God, we're able to fully do, right, according to, we're, we're able to live according to our renewed mind. And when you, as you continue more and more to see, right, uh, to behold the glory of God, you continue more and more to know, Lord, I can live that out today, right, that, that same fruitfulness that is in your life, that same life that you have, I can live out that same way here today, right, by that same spirit, by that same newness of activity that we have. Um, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for, uh, uh, for you are not under law, right? So we're not trying to live by the, by the law, which is the effort of the flesh. In other words, to try to be good and do good, right? Trying to be good and do good ourselves. But he says, but you're under grace, right? So we are under, we, ha we have freely received this newness of life, this new activity from God. So we're able to live that way. We're not, we're not under works trying to do the right thing anymore, right? But instead, the right thing is done in and through us by a power that is totally disconnected from the desires that your body would have, right? Totally disconnected from that. Um, verse number 15 says, what then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Know you not, look at verse 16, this is important. Verse number 16 says, know you not, or don't you know, that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Now, now this is an important thing. There are people that read that, and, and there was a time when I read that as well, and I thought, okay, so if at any point in in after I'm a Christian, right, if I yield, and I, in other words, if I do something wrong, then that means that I'm a servant to sin then, right? That if I do anything wrong, that means I'm a, I'm a servant of sin. And, and, and so, so listen to it again. Don't you know that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are whom you obey? So you think, okay, so if I obey, quote unquote, uh, 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 a lust of the flesh or anything like that, that, then that means I'm really a slave to sin and I'm not really uh, a slave to righteousness, right? But that's not what that's saying at all because what it says is, watch, know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So here's what that's really talking about. What that's really talking about is that where... Um, what we have chosen to obey is, is the servants that we are actually of, right? So in other words, so what is contrasting here is servants of sin or servants of righteousness, right? In other words, obeying, obeying sin or obeying righteousness. So what that, the question really, the way to answer verse number 16 to know like where do I fit into that? Am I a slave of sin or a slave of righteousness is to know, well, what is the obedience 
right, that you have and what is the obedience that you try to continue in, right? What is the obedience that you have and what is the obedience that you continue in? Verse number 17, it says, but God be thanked that you, so in other words, if the Spirit of God lives in you, this is applicable to you, that you were past tense servant of, of sin. So just because you do something wrong does not mean you're a servant of sin, right? It's, it's about your, the obedience that you live by. If you live by the law, then yes, you are a servant of sin. If you live by the Ten Commandments, you are a servant of sin because you, you, you're not going to keep, you, you, you're not saying that, oh, I'm trying to keep the law by the Spirit of God. You, you're going you, you're gonna to hear what, what the law says not to do, and you're going to try not to do it, right? That, that, is, that is, instead of you having... Um, uh, inactivity by the flesh, you're actually activating the flesh to try to not do it, right? So in other words, do you turn the switch on to your flesh to try to be good? Or do you turn the switch on, right? Do you, ex- do you receive the life of God, the activity of God to be able to live godly in this world, right? So I don't have to focus my mind on trying to do good things. I can focus my mind on what the next verse says, verse 17, but God be thanked that you were servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart. So he says, but then now it says, is it, is it about obedience, verse 16, obedience unto righteousness or obedience unto death because you're a slave of sin? He's, verse 17 says, God be thanked that what you did right was that you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. In other words, you became a slave, a slave of righteousness because your obedience was of the heart. So you obeyed God from the heart the form of doctrine, which is the gospel, which means that you believed in the Lord. When you put faith in the finished work of Jesus, you, you were making yourself, even before you were saved, you were on track to becoming a slave of righteousness or a servant of righteousness or a servant of God, which basically means, right, that what is happening, what is bringing, with, with, that which is coming to pass in your life on the inside of you and even outwardly as you continue to grow in the same gospel, right, is the Lord's thinking. It's the Lord's doing. It's the Lord's power. It's the Lord's actions, right? It, it's, it's that which you agree with God. That, those are the things that can happen in your life, right? So he says, thanks be to God that you that were a servant of sin, but now you have obeyed from the heart. So th- my obedience then turns from trying to flip the switch on my flesh to try to do that which is right, trying to do that which is right, which you cannot, Right? to flipping the switch where now my obedience is what? My obedience is to obey from the heart. In other words, it, it's, it's here, not here. It's not trying to do good with my body. It's not, you know, well, well, how many good deeds did you do today? Or pay it forward. Or all this worldly thinking that says, if somebody does something good to you, you do something good to them. If you help, help people cross a street, or if you help a blind person, if you pray for this one, or if you do that, that people think that it is by doing, right, that our obedience to God is by doing something for him, right? This is a completely opposite way of thinking. It's not about your body's actions. It's not about what you do with your body for God. It's about what the Lord will do with you and your body by his power that you have in you, the way that you'll be able to live out, right, your, your new desires, right, that come from the Lord by just obeying from the heart. In other words, by hearing, right, by faith in God, right? Faith comes by hearing 
and hearing the gospel, right? Well, if you continue in that hearing, the activity that you will have from the Lord, right, comes not because you're trying to be godly, not because you're trying to be good, but it's coming from what? It's coming from an obedience of the heart. So if you know that your obedience is faith, if you know that your obedience is you just continuing in that gospel, then when you read verse 16 again, don't you know that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are whom you obey. And you say, okay, right, okay, that applies to me. Because I obey, my obedience to the Lord, right, is by faith. So I am then a servant of the Lord. I'm not a, a slave to sin. That's why it says, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness. So whether of sin to death of, or of obedience to righteousness. So we know that we've been made righteous, right? We, we know that we have been made righteous by faith. So since we have been made righteous by faith, then what he's saying here, the way that you continue, the way that you yield your body, yield your body, or you present yourself, right, to the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, this body, Lord, is for you, and you are for this body. Therefore, the living that I want to do, Lord, I don't want to live it by my attempts and my talent and my own thinking or my own, the way I was brought up or whatever it is that people think that they're bound to, right, in this world. But now, Lord, I get to live by the power that is on the inside of me, by the spirit that is. It. So I'm, I'm able to live by the activity that you have given me. You have given me activity by your spirit. Therefore, now that means that you have been given free reign to be able to live by that activity flourishing out of you right fruitfulness towards god fruitfulness unto god verse 18 says being then made free from sin you became servants of righteousness by that obedience to the gospel you became a servant of righteousness a servant of righteousness you became and he says in verse number 19 that he's using these words like slave right and servant he's using that as and you know as a carnal way of speaking, as a worldly way of speaking to make people understand. He says, I speak after the manner of men, humanly speaking, because of the weakness, the infirmity, or the weakness of your flesh, right? That infirmity there is not sickness, but weakness of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants, to righteousness, yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. So how do you yield your body as, as servants, uh, your, your body as servants to righteousness unto holiness? In other words, holiness means that, that set-apartness that God has where he works and he lives and he acts and he does separate and apart from anything that's normal in this world, right? Separate and apart from sin that has no dominion. Death has no dominion over him, right, either. So how can we then do that? How do we yield our bodies to be able to, to have the same fruit that the Lord has today, to live out the same thing that we have on the inside of us? So, so as he is, so are we in this world. How does that, how do we, how, how's that be, been able to, how can that come out and live out in our bodies? By the obedience of faith, he was saying. Because if your obedience is to the gospel, then you have become a servant of righteousness. So therefore, you don't have to try to use what God has given you. 
You just continue in your heart and in your mind to grow in the knowledge of what he's done, and, and God will live in and through you. In other words, the, the fruit of the Spirit will become evident. In other words, if you continue, if you believe, you're going to see the glory of God, right? If you believe, you're going to see the glory of God. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. That's why he says, servants to righteousness unto holiness, right? Servants of righteousness unto holiness, for, for verse number 20, for when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness, right? When, when, when you were a servant of sin, you, you were free. In other words, you could do no right, right? You could do no right. You were free from righteousness. Verse number 21, what fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, verse number 22, being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness. That's the same thing that he was talking about above. Servants to righteousness unto holiness. Here he calls it fruit unto holiness. In other words, the things that you, the way you will live, in other words, you will walk in the newness of that activity. That's why he says walk in that newness of life. You've been given activity by the Spirit of God. So in other words, that means that he can live in and, in and through you, that you can live, you yourself can live in the same way that you already agree with God, that, that holiness that you agree with, that set-apartness from this world that you agree with, that, 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 um, that authority over sin and death that you see that God has, you've been given that same authority. You have been given that same way to live in this world, right? That same authority to be able to speak to the dead and see it raised that the Lord has. It's the same authority and the same power that you have been given. That's why he said, such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That means activity that came from you, activity, right, against death that you were able to give away to somebody else, right? In other words, legs that can't walk because of death and corruption and sin that's in this world can receive life, right, from the life that is in you, the activity that you have contrary to inactivity, right? You have activity that is opposite of inactivity in you. You have life that is the opposite of death in you, right? So that means that when you see death working in the world, right, you, the life that you have in you, the activity from God in you can be shared with that person, such as I have, the life that is mine, I give unto you. And I know we've said it many times, right, that, that we're talking about the life of God and God doing. But again, it's the same, same thing if I told you that I can do what I want, and I can give life to somebody. Why? Because that life that is in me, God's not an Indian giver. He doesn't give me his life and then he's going to take it away. And he's looking at me and say, saying, you know what? That's not your life. That's really mine. He gave me his life. He gave me his life. So now it is my life, right? So, so when, when, when the spirit of God that is united together with my spirit lives through me, that's me doing it and that's God doing it, right? When, when Christ is doing something, right, it's him doing it and, and the Father doing it. Why? Because they share the same spirit, so do we also share the exact same spirit, right? The same spirit, the same, the same desire to be able to, the same desires, the same thoughts, the same line of thinking, the same, the same desire for tomorrow, the same expectation, the same knowing, the same all of that that Christ has, so also we have, right? We have been given the same activity that he has today. Um, was, I, was I at 20 and 21? 
22. All right. It says, but now being made free from sin and becoming servants to God, you have fruit unto holiness and, and the end everlasting life. Right? Here's, here's something really good. Let me bring you to a couple more verses and, and we'll, we'll be wrapping up here. Um, in, in just, let me see where I can jump to quickly. Romans, uh, Romans chapter 7, the very, just a few verses down. Romans 7, verse number 6. Look what it says. But now we are delivered from the law, delivered right from the, from the law and the obligation to try to keep it on our own, that being dead wherein we were held, right, dead to the law, we should serve, right, we should serve in newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter. That we should serve in the newness of the Spirit. You know what that newness of the Spirit is? That's the same thing that we said before in Romans chapter 6, verse number 4, newness of life. Newness of the Spirit, newness of life. In other words, you have been given this newness of activity. You have been given new activity. You have been given new life. So it says there that we have been delivered from the law. It says, it says so that we should serve we serve in newness of the Spirit, not in oldness of the letter. So that means that we are able... We are able to live out today in this life and, and have the actions that are done. Because listen, what I said before about helping someone cross the street or, or seeing someone that is lame walk, all, all of those things that are good to be done should be done, right? It's just that I don't have to feel the pressure of doing it myself. It's kind of like if you, you watch someone that, it, that the Lord is working through and you're seeing people raised from the dead and you're seeing people healed and you're seeing people getting saved and hearing the gospel and you're hearing all this stuff done and you're like, man, I wish I could do those things, right? Well, th the first thing that occurs to you or that the reason why people want to get up and go, you know, evangelize in the mall, I don't know, is because what the, the, the switch that gets flipped in that thinking is your flesh. Like your flesh wants to get animated to go do something for God. But we, we shouldn't interpret the things that we see God working in the life of somebody else like that is a call to action to your flesh to go do likewise, right? Jesus didn't come and say, just as I have done, so you also go do in your own ability, right? Jesus didn't come to earth to be an example of how we should heal the sick, and then he's telling you, you go heal the sick in your own power. Instead, when he says, you go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, he's saying that, number one, because you couldn't do it by your own anyway, but, but the other is because he knew the life that he, in other words, Jesus came with the purpose of sacrificing himself in order so that we could have his life, so that we could have his activity, right? So that we could receive rest to our flesh, to our body, right? And, and, and a rest from the work of trying to be good and attain and to do. And he came to give us this new activity, right? So that we could live by that new activity. And it is in that new activity that the dead are raised. It is in that new activity. So it's not like you seeing someone and wanting to do likewise. If you see someone doing those things, the only way that they could do them is if they continued in their obedience. There's no other way to do that. The dead are not raised, right? any other way apart from faith in Jesus, which is our obedience. So when we do that, when we continue in our obedience, you become a servant of righteousness. You become a servant of God. And since you are a servant and a slave of God, which is a worldly way of saying it, right? But when you are a slave, that means what? 
that, that the Lord can do what he wants with your body. Continue in that, and, those, and you will be fruitful. That's why the Lord says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, temperance, all of these things that are fruits of the Spirit, that is, all of those things are things that Christians want to come out of them. Those things will come out of you. But, but your only thing, the only thing that you want in your mind if, for those things to happen, right, is just continue in your obedience. He says, continue in your obedience, and you will be a servant of righteousness, right? You will become a servant of God. In other words, that, that will be, that will be, and I should say it this way, because that, that's actually a bit wrong. You are already a servant of righteousness, a servant unto God, and it will, you, the fruitfulness will show the truth of what you already are. In other words, because you already obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine, you already obeyed from the heart the gospel, you became, right, you became, when you put your faith in Jesus, you became a servant of righteousness. Now, right, the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you, acknowledging of the life that you have, the activity that you've been giving, right, growing in the knowledge of the Lord and what he's done has you growing also in the knowledge of all that he's freely given you. Therefore, what happens? Then you have fruit unto God, which is what? The, all of the activity, all of those fruits of the Spirit that I mentioned will be things that will effortlessly come out of you, effortlessly come out. So you don't have to make them come out or you don't have to will them to come out, but you just keep your mind stayed on the Lord and all the other fruit comes, right? All the other fruit comes. That's a really far departure from what? From trying to be good, from trying to, from the burden of trying to be good, trying to do good, trying to appear some way before people and a different way before this one. And as soon as someone gets to know really who I am, they're not going to like me anymore. And, and I do this wrong and I do that wrong. Listen, the Lord can have you depart from all of that junk and all that garbage, right? And he can say, you know what? I can give you new life and you can stop trying. I can give you brand new, you heard that, right? I can give you brand new life and you can stop trying. That is like a breath of fresh air to Christians to say, you know what? I can stop trying and I can just start doing, right? By what? By the power of God that's on the inside of me, right? By the gift, right, that I have been given, right? Thank you, Jesus. So it says, um, let's wrap this up here in, in verse number 23. Let's read 22, 22 and 23, and we'll stop there. But now being made free from sin uh, and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness, that, that set-apartness that the Lord has, right? That holiness, right? That's the same fruitfulness that you will have, separate and apart from this world and from the control of it and the things and the lust thereof, right? Everything will be from the Lord on the inside of you, and the end will always be life, right? Everlasting life, right? Um, verse number 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, there, there is actually one verse that I wanted to read to you that um, it's, in, it's in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Um, and I think I read it to you before, but I wanted to read it to you again. In verse number 10, Romans 8, 10, it says, if Christ be in you, which is what we were talking about, right, the whole thing about being baptized with the Holy Spirit, right, Christ is in me, right? If you have the Spirit of God in you, then you have Christ in you. It says, if Christ be in you, if Christ be in you, um, and sorry, go all the way up to Romans uh, 8. Romans 8, 8. 
So, so, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. When you were baptized with the Holy Spirit, you were no longer in the flesh. And that's what it's going to say in verse 9. But you are not in the flesh. You, you know how good it is? You know what I hear with that? It says, verse number 8 says, so then you are not, if you're in the flesh, you can't please God. But then the next verse says, but you're not in the flesh. So you know what it means? That I am pleasing unto God. You know how awesome it is to be able to take just a step back for a second from all the stuff going on in your day and just to be able to know and have the Lord assure you in your heart, you know what? I'm, I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with you. Why? Because the only thing you have done is done that one thing that is pleasing to the Lord and is that you have put faith in Jesus. He has made you the righteousness of God, right? All of these things are present, true realities of you today, right? He says, he says but you're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells in you. So if the spirit of God dwells in you, you're not in the flesh, but you're in my spirit now. He says, now, if any man doesn't have the Spirit of God, he is none of his. So that means you can't be saved without having the Spirit of God in you. And verse number 10 now says, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But watch, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. There's a whole other teaching that you can go into, and, and there's stuff that we have online about you know, righteousness being our door and a teaching around John 10. Um, but... But verse number 10 is an awesome thing that he says, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life or activity because of righteousness. So in other words, God, the Lord has made you righteous, and it is by that righteousness, and you've been made, we were reading, a slave of righteousness. So because you have been made the righteousness of God, right, and you're a servant to, to righteousness, like he was saying, a servant unto God, that means it says, he's saying there, that, that the spirit on the inside of you then becomes your activity. The spirit is life because of righteousness. So he is your activity. He will give activity to your body when your, your body is, is corrupting in any area, aging in any area, sick in any area, right? The, the spirit of God in you, because you have been made the righteous of God, you have the right to be able to be a partaker of that newness of activity. In other words, you always have, because of the righteousness that you have been made, the righteousness that you have been given, you've been given that right access, right? We were talking about a couple of weeks ago, the right access to, to that newness of life that you have. So instead of being sick, you can have life. Instead of there being death, there can be life. In other words, instead of there being a decay of the flesh, there can be life to your mortal body, right? Instead of there being a, a constant decay of the mind where the older that you're getting, the less that your mind is working, the, the, the older that you get, the dimmer that your eyes get, instead it can be the complete opposite. The Spirit of God in you can give activity to eyes that were dimming, activity to, to a mind that was, that was dimming also, for lack of a better word, right? And instead where there was decay, there can be then rejuvenation right? Resurrection to those things, life to those things in our, in our bodies. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my God. Let, let, let's, let's pray real quick. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Lord. We thank you, my God, for the newness, Lord, of activity that you have given us, Lord. This thing, Lord, that is not of this world, Lord. This thing, Lord, that is new, new unto us, Lord. Brand new activity, Lord, that is by your Spirit, Lord. Thank you, my God. Thank you, Jesus, for the ability, Lord, that we have now by your Spirit, Lord, to be able to live through righteousness, Lord, we're able today to live out, 
Lord, that new activity, to see that new activity come out, Lord, onto our bodies, into our, our actions, into our, the way our body is used, Lord, by the power of your Spirit, Lord. All of this newness of activity, Lord, affecting our minds, our eyes, affecting, Lord, our body, affecting our sight, Lord, affect, affecting our actions, the way we walk, our behavior, Lord, the way that we speak to others, Lord, the way that we hear, the way we interpret things that we hear, Lord, because our thinking, Lord, our thinking, my God, is in agreement with your thinking, our doing our actions become more and more, Lord, uh, uh, precise, Lord, and according to Christ and not according or conformed to this world, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given us, Lord, the ability to be able to think as you think, Lord, to reason and to discern that which is good and evil the same way you, Lord, discern that which is good and evil. Arrest, Lord, from the attempts and the work of the flesh to be able to live going forward, Lord, henceforth, not anymore, Lord, working Lord, with the flesh to try to work towards some holiness, Lord, but, but a mind, Lord, that has just stayed on you, an obedience, Lord, that is according to faith in you, Jesus, stayed there, stayed there, Lord, and, and the work, the fruitfulness unto you, Lord, the glory to you, Lord, from the things that are done will be unto you, Lord, by the power that we have on the inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There may be somebody listening to this, somebody, Lord, listening to this, Lord, that doesn't know you, that they've been living for years, and they have seen the consequences, Lord, that when they think about it today, it may bring shame to their mind, Lord, but that shame can go away, and the things of the past, Lord, can be long gone when we can be made, Lord, a brand new creation, Lord. So we, there may be somebody listening to this, Lord, that wants to be made a new creation, tired, Lord, of living the old way, Try, tired of living according to some false notion, Lord, that we can be good in and of ourselves, Lord, accepting of a finished work, Lord, of what you have done. We have heard the gospel, and we want to be receiving and accepting of that gospel, Lord, accepting of your finished work, accepting, Lord, of the sacrifice that, that you made, Lord, the price that you paid to the Father for my sin, the price that you paid to the Father for my sin, to be able, Lord, to receive, Lord, that, that, uh, that redemption, that price paid, Lord, and a verdict, Lord, of innocent, and not guilty and no longer, Lord, condemned, Lord, because you, the knowledge, Lord, that you were already condemned for me, receiving, Lord, the forgiveness of our sins, Lord, as we receive the finished work of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can just say this in your mind. If, if that's you and you're hearing this and you want to receive that new activity from the Spirit of God, receive what Christ died to be able to give you. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for um, what I have heard that you have done for me. Thank you, Jesus, for um, becoming a sacrifice and a curse for me so that I could be forgiven, Lord, of all sin, innocent, Lord, of all past wrongdoings because you took the, the, the payment for that sin. Thank you, Jesus, for, um, for taking the punishment and the guilt for my sin, for taking my disease, for taking my... Um, my, my guilt and my shame. And I receive, Lord, 
your righteousness. I receive your, your right standing. I receive your innocence. I receive your guiltlessness. I receive your life, your spirit, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit coming to live on the inside of me. Thank you, Jesus, for I believe what you have done. I believe what you have finished, and I receive, Lord Jesus, your life. I receive your life, my death for your life, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What a good exchange, Lord. My death that you take, that you took, Lord, and given your life. Thank you, Jesus. And now, Lord, just as you have been given new activity and new life, seated at the right hand of the Father by the glory of God, so now also, Lord, I have received and I have your new life, your new activity on the inside of me. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message from Reform Church. If you have, please share this with someone else and help us get this unpopular message to the world. If you'd like to support Reform Church, you can do so at reforminus.com/give. Also on our website, you can take advantage of our free messages, articles, and even full discipleship courses. Start reforming your mind now at reforminus.com.